So we're going to read from the Bible now. Um, Romans chapter 5, verse 1 to 5. Therefore, since we have been justified through faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have gained access by faith into this grace in which we now stand. And we boast in the hope of the glory of God. Not only so, but we also glory in our sufferings. Because we know that suffering produces perseverance. Perseverance, character. And character, hope. And hope does not put us to shame because God's love has been poured out into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. Amen. I invite Colin to come. I'd like to pray for you, Colin. And Father, I want to thank you for Colin and for what you have been stirring in his heart these days. Lord, as we hear your words, may we, as it were, have that camera up and be able to see more clearly what you're saying through Colin and through your word. Thank you that you've prepared Colin for this moment and we want to have ears to hear what you're saying, Lord. We bless you for Colin and Alice and all the family, for who they are in you. And right now we give ourselves to you, Lord. Thank you for your presence. Pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thanks very much, Dan. So yes, we're continuing this theme of Trinity, uh, and uh, the passage that we've just had, perhaps we put the first slide up, uh, thanks Tony. Um, <laughs> must have been something I said. But there we go. <laughs> and I haven't begun yet, so that's worrying, isn't it? Oh, if he wants a camera, no, that's right, okay. Okay, so um, Romans 5, 1 to 5. And uh, on Tuesday evening, we, we met uh, a few of us uh, in prayer group. Uh, and I want to encourage you, Tuesday evenings is a great prayer group, so come, come and join in, because uh, it just feels like uh, things are already happening there. But, uh, um, but anyway, David, David's not here, but David Haynes um, said, uh, I've just quoted him here, he said, well, this, remember that these five verses are just a short extract from what's a really quite long theological treatise. That's turned you off, hasn't it? Right, okay. But, uh, but I'll, try, I'll try and keep it um, uh, not, not too much of a treatise this morning. Uh, and he's right. Uh, you know, these, these five verses just come um, in the middle of, or as part of, not in the middle, as part of uh, what Paul is, is saying. And, um, and if you've got some spare time in the sunny garden this afternoon, may, maybe just go home and, and read uh, uh, 
sort of before and after these, these verses because it really helps to put it into context, but I'm, context, but I'm not going to do that this morning. So um, I understand that there is a family in this church who are shortly going to be whizzing off across the Atlantic uh, to uh, probably, hopefully, sunnier climes um, in the United States of America. And uh, looking completely... Uh, yeah, oh. I won't say who, David, but there we are. Um, and I just want to give a word of warning, because I'm sure you're looking forward to the holiday. Um, but it isn't that easy to get in to the United States. Just, 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 just as a gentle warning to you, okay? Because um, yeah, based upon our experience anyway, maybe you're all okay, but you know, I hope um, that you've already... Uh, carried out some, some preparatory uh, things, and, and you've got an Esther. Yeah, you've got an Esther, right? So, so I don't know what Esther stands for, but it's some American thing that means if you haven't got it, you can't get in. And so, but but um, so already, uh, you know, there are some questions that you have to answer before you even get to America. If you want to go to America, you've got to answer some of these questions. Do you have a physical or mental disorder? Are you a drug abuser or addict? Do you currently have any of the following diseases? There's a long list, including Crimean Congo. I've not heard of that one before. Um, have you ever been arrested or convicted for a crime that resulted in serious damage to property or serious harm to another person or government authority? Have you ever violated any law related to possessing, using, or distributing illegal drugs? Do you seek to engage in, or have you ever engaged in, terrorist activities? Espionage, sabotage, or genocide? <laughs> have you ever committed fraud or misrepresented yourself or others to obtain or assist others to obtain a visa or entry into the United States? And that's not all of them. There's another six or seven questions to go through. So. That's good. Can I gently advise you that you, you leave out in the last week in your answers? Okay. So, so you, you've, got to, you've got to jump through a few hoops, and, it, and other countries, I'm sure, are the same. The other countries' questions are available, I'm sure. But, so, um, but once you get there, it's not over. Just Sorry, just... To, I hope you have a lovely holiday, but... <laughs> you see, when you get there, you, you've, you've got the usual stuff, you've got security, or, you know, security before you get there, and you can go through that, and then, then immigration once you get there. You and and um, you've, you've, when you get to immigration, you, you show your passport, and it gets scrutinised, and it gets scanned, and, and then you've got to give your fingerprints. Okay? So if you didn't know that, you've got to give your fingerprints. Right? So, uh, and, and you do that... Um, in Orlando, anyway, where we went to, you, you do that, you've got a glass, little glass screen and you put your four fingers on uh, and it scans your fingerprints and then you put your thumb on and it scans your thumbprint. Um, and this was in the height of, no, the, the aftermath of COVID when we went and I did think as we were standing there in this queue of people, everyone's putting their hands on this thing and then you go on and you put your hands on it again. So I, I, I did a bit of um, gelling immediately afterwards. Uh, and it was all fine. And I was standing there waiting for Alice and my wife, uh, who's fortunately not in here this morning, uh, yeah, to go through. And 
She put her four fingers on and that was fine. And then she put her thumb on. And he said, uh, it's not registering. Move it around a bit. So she moved it around a bit. Press he didn't have a huge sense of humour, this guy, either. You know, so. um, move it around a bit. Press harder. <laughs> have you got a thumb? I've got something. He said, well, warm it up a bit. <laughs> so, put it on. Uh, and basically... Yeah, Alison wasn't getting in unless she could give a thumbprint. And no, she has got a thumbprint, I've checked, but, but, um, <laughs> but the machine could not read it. Right. Yeah, and, and finally, after quite a long wait and, and some slight concern on my part, yeah, finally uh, it recorded her thumbprint and she was allowed in. Yeah, so, yeah, let me in. It's, uh, it's not as... Uh, as easy sometimes as you might think. Let's have the next slide, thanks. So, so, so let me in. Yeah. My first job uh, was as a bank messenger uh, in uh, the Algemene Bank of the Netherlands, you'll be pleased to hear, uh, Werner and Henny, uh, now known as ABN Bank, uh, at 61 Threadneedle Street, London. Uh, and it was a bank in, in the same building as the new, then, new stock exchange. Uh, and this is going back a few years. Couple, yeah, ten or so years, uh, and um, uh, and so so my job was a bank messenger, and and I discovered you know the first foray into working life, and I learned all sorts of things uh, in that foray. Like um, apparently, uh, you know, one of the main criteria for a bank messenger is is to ensure that you do as little work as possible. Apparently, but uh, um, but I, so I was taught well. So. But one of the things we had to do, uh, as, as, you know, we had to turn up at 8 o'clock, we had to do the cleaning uh, in the bank, um, and then at 9 o'clock the, the ritual was uh, that we had to assist with getting the money out of the vault uh, in the bank. So uh, this involved uh, two bank messengers going down to the banking hall, and they would stand inside the locked banking hall just in case someone burst through the doors. I've never quite worked out why they had to do that, but it was part of the ritual. So there were two messengers in the banking hall, and then two others, and sometimes that was me, uh, would go down in the lift with two managers, uh, and we had to turn a key in the lift to get down to the lower basement, uh, and when the door opened, the first time, it was quite impressive, the first time the lift doors opened, and there in front of me, just like you see in Mission Impossible or James Bond or whatever, there was this big, you know, big, big, big vault with two wheels on it, on the door, uh, and we all sort of trooped out of the lift into a relatively small lobby, um, and then uh, the requirement was that the, the two managers, one at a time, would step forward and they would get to the, to the vault and they would have a combination, which I noted some of them had to write down and some of them had remembered, but there we are. So, <laughs> so they would, you know, and they'd type in this combination, or they'd dial it in to a dial on this combination, turn the wheel, they'd open one lock, they would then step back and the other person would step forward with their combination and they would undo that, that lock. Um, and then they would step back and the messengers had to come and pull, and it was really heavy, pull this door open, it was thick, it felt so thick, uh, this vault door, to be greeted with another barred gate. Uh, and each of those managers had a key and they would each open a lock with their own key uh, and we would open the gate and then we'd go in and we'd bring the money out, which was in, in, a, a bit, uh, in a box a bit like the size of that little table down there, I suppose. Um, it's quite big, quite big, uh, on wheels, and you'd wheel it out into the lift 
up in the lift. Uh, somebody had to go up first to make sure that the two bank messengers hadn't been shot. You know, in, yeah. And then if it was all clear, we'd go up and with these two trolleys, it's only a small bank, uh, and we'd wheel the trolleys round to the back of the cash desks and we'd lock them into place uh, and then the bank would be ready for business at 9.30. And it took about half an hour to do all this, I'll tell you. So. It wasn't easy to get in to that vault. And probably that's quite reasonable for a bank vault, I suppose. So. And Paul tells us exactly the opposite. You know, just to, like it's really difficult to get into America. Sorry, folks. It's really difficult to get into the vault. Paul says, actually, it's really easy to get into God's kingdom. You know, Paul doesn't say this, but you know, if, if he'd heard me talking, he'd have said, no, no, you don't need questions, you don't need thumbprints, you don't need keys, you don't need combinations. You simply need to have faith in God through his son Jesus and by his Holy Spirit. Paul uses a word which perhaps we're not that, that familiar with, a word we don't use that often anyway, justification. Thanks, Tony. So justification is an act of God whereby he pronounces a sinner to be righteous because of that sinner's faith in Christ. I've, I've, it's, this may be a, a bit oversimplistic, uh, but I've always you know, understood justification to be, to be, for me to be put right with God. To be put right with God. Uh, and, and if you want to, you know, in that in slightly enlarged uh, terms, then according to um, uh, G. E. Ladd, the root idea in justification is the declaration of God, the righteous judge, that the man who believes in Christ, sinful though he may be, is righteous, is viewed as being righteous because in Christ he has come into a righteous relationship with God. In Christ he has come into a righteous relationship with God. Justification. See, another, another picture which might help you to, to just to remember this, if you go to the next slide, uh, is that if you're using Microsoft Word, yeah? Okay, you can, uh, sorry, I'm not going to translate this, and I'm not going to ask you to translate this, right? It's, it's just a load of jumbled words. What I'm illustrating here is, in, in Microsoft, you can choose whether you have your text unjustified, like this, so on the far right-hand side, you know, it's all higgledy-piggledy, or at a press of a button, thanks Tony, you can make it justified, and it's put right, right? What you're seeing there is exactly the same text, which is a load of, of, of Latin gobbledygook, right? Um, and it's just either justified or unjustified. And being put right, you know, perhaps that's a, it's, it's only a picture, but it might help you to think about, so if we're justified, we're put right with, we're brought alongside uh, God. There are no sort of gaps between us. So, what is life um, as a justified person like? Is it all sweetness and light? Is it, is, it, uh, is it a wonderful place to be? And the answer is not necessarily so. Let's, uh, thanks, Tony. So, let's think about what I've called walking life's bumpy path. You see, 
it, how many people have we got here? I don't know, sort of 60 or so people, whatever it is. Yeah. We, we've all, we're all at different places in our lives and we're, we're all you know, experiencing different situations. No one of us has got exactly the same experience of life. You know. And for some of us at the moment, well, life might be great. And for others, it might be pretty difficult. Uh, and there'll be a whole lot of us in between, you know, some up and some, some down. Because life is bumpy. And, and in the next section, in the next few verses I want to talk about, I, I want to stress that you know, it's, it's going to be all very well for me to stand up here at the front and, and say this. But actually, for many of you, it may be that as you hear these words, you, you might be thinking, well, actually, it's not that easy, and it's not that, uh, it's not that smooth, and, and, and I'm not quite sure where I am in this. But I just want to take us through what Paul says, and then just un unpack that a bit. So, thanks, Tony. So, what Paul says is that you know, there is the potential for all of us to have suffering in our lives, whatever that might look like, and suffering will, will look like different things for different people. But in that suffering, Paul says, well, we should be ready to uh, glory in our sufferings. Glory in our sufferings. Because what Paul says is that as we glory in our sufferings, so that helps us to develop perseverance, stickability. And if we develop perseverance, then that will help us to develop character. And character brings hope. Now, what I said just, just now is that, you know, it's all very well to say that. It's all very well to say that in terms of, you know, it's easy. You know, look, there it is on a slide, but actually the reality can be quite different and be, can be really hard. And that's where I want to say that actually I think what Paul uh, is also expecting of the church is that the church, the fellowship, friends will come alongside friends and family who are experiencing suffering. And that they will be there to support them, to help them to persevere through those difficult times, to help them as their character does become stronger. It's true, I think, that, that if you go through suffering so your character becomes stronger because you have to, because, because it's hard and it's difficult. And then at the end of that, uh, that, that verse, to talk and to understand and to expect and to think about hope. Hope. And there isn't a nice, easy, simple flow chart from suffering to hope. But what Paul writes, and I believe what Paul uh, is, is, is trying to explain, is that as we go through suffering, and remember what we're doing here is we're coming from that point of having been justified by God. Right? This is in relationship with God. As we are in relationship with God, you know, so we are not alone. I put it away, but you know, that tripod you know, is there to support us to be strong, to be firm, 
God is there to support us through those times. In our sufferings, and despite our sufferings, Paul encourages us to persevere, to use those sufferings to build our character, to have hope. And it's easy to say, but not necessarily easy to do. And that's why we're here as a fellowship, to support each other, and for each of us to, to know that we can trust in God, in that firm foundation that is God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. And you know, thanks uh, Tony, next slide, there are times when people might mock our hope and, uh, oh, well, you, you've got to have that. You, you've got to say that because, you know, what else can you, be yeah, what else can you believe in? Yeah. And, and sometimes I think Christians' hope can be mocked. But what Paul says is, don't be ashamed of expressing our hope. In the Amplified Version, let me just le read uh, this. It, it, uh, I think it's really helpful sometimes to go to, to that uh, just, just to get a real yeah, in-depth understanding. Uh, so the Amplified Version of verses 4 and 5. And character of this sort produces the habit of joyful and confident hope of eternal salvation. Such hope never disappoints or deludes or shames us. For God's love has been poured out in our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. Paul wrote to the Galatians who had, you know, they'd, they'd, gone, they'd gone a bit off path. They'd, gone, they'd, gone, they'd, they'd sort of diverted off the path that uh, uh, he had hoped they were on. They'd reverted to the old laws and they were seeking to be justified not by faith, but by things that they did, by works. And he writes to them this. He says uh, in Galatians 5 and verses 4 to 6, you who are trying to be justified by the law have been, alien, have been alienated from Christ. You have fallen away from grace. But by faith we eagerly await through the Spirit the righteousness for which we hope. Hope again. The only thing that counts is faith expressing itself through love. And in Hebrews 6, which was probably written by Paul, we won't go into that now, but we think Paul probably wrote it, but in Hebrews 6 we read, because God wanted to make the unchanging nature of his purpose very clear to the heirs of what was promised, he confirmed it with an oath. God did this so that by two unchanging things in which it is, in which it is impossible for God to lie, we who have fled to take hold of the hope that is offered to us may be greatly encouraged. Next slide, thanks Tony. We have this hope as an anchor for the soul, firm and secure. We have this hope as an anchor for the soul, firm and secure. And I think this, this picture uh, that we're given of an anchor is a really helpful one. Because if you think about how an anchor works, an anchor will be dropped down to the seabed and it will, it will catch on uh, something in the seabed and it will hold firm. Uh, and the ship will be chained to that anchor and, you know, and we might be buffeted, that ship might be buffeted and moved around by the tides and the winds of life. 
but our anchor is there to hold us firm. And the reality is that you know, for all of us, you know, we might feel buffeted and we might feel that we're swaying around a bit. We might feel that we're not very much at the moment you know, sitting firm on a tripod, but God's anchor will hold us firm. Will give us what I'd like to call a reference point for God. I'm going to tell you something now that will yeah, probably surprise you. Probably won't actually, but yeah. But I've never been to a pop concert. Uh, I've never been to a pop festival. And I'm, yeah, I can see you're, you're shocked and you're surprised at this. So. <laughs> but, you know, if I went to uh, uh, a pop concert, then I'd, I'd love to have one of these. Thanks, Tony. Yeah. A badge that I could put around my neck saying, access all areas. Yeah. And I understand that you know, if you've got one of these, you can go anywhere. You can go front of stage, you can go backstage, you can go on the stage. Yeah. You've got access to all areas. God has given each of us. He has given us a pass that says, I want you to have access to all areas. And, you know, just as he has given us access to all areas, so he would love to have access to all areas of our lives as well, to make that a joint, uh, trusting relationship. Have you got a cupboard or a, a drawer at home filled with all sorts of... Um, I'm coming back, don't worry about the camera. Um, filled with all sorts of uh, yeah, useful things... Have you got a useful things cupboard or a useful things drawer? Yeah. Uh, and actually, probably most of them aren't much use, but occasionally, occasionally, you know, one comes, uh, comes into play. You know. I remember, so this is a childhood memory, right? We, we, um, we well, lived in a relatively small house, uh, and the, the useful things cupboard was the cupboard next to the fireplace, okay? So we had the open fire, uh, and then next to it was a long, tall cupboard, I can't remember what was in the bottom of that cupboard, but I can remember the, the top shelf of that cupboard was the useful things shelf, right? Okay. It was also the cupboard in which the electric meter was in. So the first useful thing in there was a tin of shillings that you used to put into the electric meter if the electric ran out. But there was also in there, I distinctly remember, uh, one of these. There was also, it didn't look like this really, but uh, it also... There's a can of three-in-one oil. Thanks, Tony. Now, the can I remember looks more like this, okay? Uh, because it was a can, it wasn't plastic. This is, in these days of not using plastic, but we're using plastic instead of tin. There's something gone wrong there, isn't there? But, but a, apart from that, you know, it, it doesn't look a lot different, does it? You know, so, three-in-one oil. Right? And you know, it is multi-purpose oil, right? It, it can do all things, uh, and it says here that it lubricates, it cleans, and it prevents rust. And on the back, it says you can use it for home, cycle, workshop, garden, car, leisure, sports, and office. This versatile product provides excellent lubrication, is also great for cleaning metal and protecting against rust and corrosion. Use it on squeaky hinges, tools, mechanisms, and much more. Perfect. You see, all of us get a bit like this sometimes. You know, this, uh, this is something I inherited from my father-in-law. Right? Uh, 
because uh, after he passed away, uh, we were allowed to go into the garage and to take, you know, what would you like? Right, so, and I ended up with a set of G-clamps. Uh, and this I got out of the shed uh, yesterday where it's been sitting. I've got some of the ones I, I've used, but I haven't used this one. Yeah. And actually, yeah, you can hear. It's a bit, it's a bit raunchy, isn't it? Right, so, and it, it, yeah, it works, but it's, it's not very smooth. Right, so. um, and you know, uh, I'm not going to do it now because it'll get all messy. But, uh, do you want me to do it now? So um, I've got to cut the top off the oil because um, I thought if I put it in the box with my camera, I might get oil oil of my camera. So, so um, there we go. So you see, this is really good because it gives access. It's now dripped on the floor. You see, I'm going to get told off now because it's dripped on the floor. But this means, if I turn it the right way, Suddenly, here it becomes. Don't clap me, thank the makers of three-in-one oil. It's all over the lectern as well, look. Don't touch the lectern if you come back up here, Dan. Um, but, um, so, so, so what am I on about here? So, okay, let's get back to the subject. So, access all areas, right? So, you see, God's Holy Spirit that he pours out upon us, yeah. It's a bit like that oil, God's Holy Spirit. He, he wants to come and he wants to just make our lives better and, and to, to ease his way into those places that perhaps we're trying to keep from him. Right? Those places have gone a bit rusty, have gone a bit, um, uh, have gone a bit past it because actually God just desires to have that close relationship with us. Yeah, that, that G-clamp is a good picture of how we all get at times. We get a bit rusty, we get stuck in our ways, we get, we get hard to move. And God, the three-in-one, would love to pour his spirit into us, to lubricate us, to clean us, to prepare us for heaven. If we can come back to photography for a moment, uh, thanks, Tony. There, there's an analogy here. You see, if you take a picture... Uh, I'm not going to get too technical, but actually there are three elements to every picture that you take. There's what speed the shutter uh, is, is going to open and close at, uh, how big the aperture is that the light passes through, um, and then there's a thing called ISO. It used to be called ASA, uh, and it's now called ISO, which stands for International Standards Organization, uh, and basically that determines how sensitive your film or your, or your digital uh, sensor is how sensitive it is. And, you know, when, um, when I first got into photography, then uh, the cameras around then uh, would, would go up to uh, perhaps, if you, if you were lucky, a thousand ISO, right? Um, now they go up to, I haven't got one of these, I'm, oh. oh, hope springs eternal, doesn't it? Um, but one of these, yeah, they go up to 128,500, right? So. So they can get really sensitive. But actually, whatever your ISO goes up to, the, the, the point I want to make is that actually every picture you take needs a different setting. It depends where you are, what you're doing. Uh, and actually, if you get it wrong, then, then, then the picture won't turn out right. 
so, so you need that balance between uh, the ISO, the shutter speed, and the aperture. And we similarly need a balance between, thanks Tony, uh, God's triangle. Yeah. God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. You know, there'll be times when we need just gallons of God's Holy Spirit because that's where we are. There'll be other times when actually we're focused much more on God the Father because that's where we're focusing at the moment. And there's other times when we, we just need to be reminded of our salvation through Jesus uh, in God's Son. God's triangle. Because God's triangle is strong. And God's triangle is there in those three elements to support each of us. We need all aspects of God's being. His fa uh, the Father, the Son and the Holy Spirit. But the measure of each of his persons may be different depending upon our situation and the circumstances at the time. So I want to try and summarise all this, and, and I've put it into a slide, but you know, th this doesn't probably do it justice. But um, uh, so, so if we start at the top left here, you know, where, where Paul began, therefore since we have been justified through faith, then, as we move round the circle, we have peace with God through Jesus Christ through whom we have gained access by faith into this grace in which we now stand. And we boast in the hope of the glory of God. Not only so, but we also glory in our sufferings because we know that suffering produces perseverance, character and hope. And hope does not put us to shame. Next slide, please, Tony. Because God's love has been poured out into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. So I'm just trying to, to, to summarise, and you know, as I said, Paul wrote many, many verses, you know, and, uh, and I can't do that justice here, but I'm just trying for our thinking as we go through this week to, to try and summarise uh, what Paul is saying to us in these uh, verses. And then the last slide, thanks Tony, because Father, Son and Holy Spirit together is the freedom, the freedom of God and through the freedom of God we have freedom. Uh, and I pray uh, that for each of us as we go through this week we'll find the opportunity to lean on God's tripod uh, and in that leaning uh, to understand how he has justified us and how he wants to be part of our lives uh, and to give us freedom. Amen. So we're going to hand over to the bands now, I think. Yes. Colin, thank you. The Lord is here. Let's spend just a moment in quiet before we sing anything. Acknowledging the presence of his Holy Spirit. 